Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. With lockdown limitations continually adjusting and the summer now looking us beautifully in the eye, we continue with regular discussions about our respective horticultural worlds. Putting the pandemic's grip on us aside, we sincerely hope that you found enough moments to quietly contemplate, distract yourself, gaze in wonder and generally pour positive and fruitful energy into this most glorious and rewarding of hobbies, which, for Saul and myself, we are lucky enough to also call our profession. Restrictions are still with us, experiences are still unprecedented, but Lucy and I hope that by providing you with a continued shortened version of this podcast every few days, you can easily fit a small dose of horticultural musings into your routine. We will, of course, still bring you longer bonus episodes too, when we chat to inspirational peers on more in-depth gardening topics. So fire up the kettle, get comfortable in your favourite chair and join us now for a 20-minute escape into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Hi, Mr Walker. Uh, It's very nice to see you on this rather sunny morning. I have been to the hall this morning because one of our topics today is going to be talking about the weather because we are obsessed with the weather and and the heat and what's going on and um but we won't talk about that just yet I just want to say hello and um your beard's looking mighty fine this morning very fluffy very voluminous oh well that's very kind that's very nice uh, yeah yeah I've been stroking it a lot we've 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 just been chatting for an hour about the future of the podcast many things to be revealed (laughs) so I've been stroking it so it must be uh in your is it Gandalf thinking like, yeah? a lot. Gand- Gandalf yeah. maybe. Yeah, it's got a nice little point going to it. Oh, that's yeah. Good. Yeah. So that's good. anyhow, it's all all exciting stuff. So um yeah, this morning, as I say, we, we do want to talk about the weather and the heat specifically, because it has we have had uh some really high temperatures going into the thirties, both in Essex and in Devon and all throughout the most of the UK. So so that is definitely something that's steered our uh, gardening activities this week and it will do for the next uh, for well for the foreseeable future but before we talk about that we do want to just touch on um again what's happening in the industry we we did talk about that in a previous podcast episode and we we mentioned about the eden project sadly having uh, job losses and redundancies and it's now been revealed that then the national trust very sadly is is following suit isn't it yeah so- it is i heard um well i heard some rumors about a week and a half ago, but it was this week that the National Trust confirmed they're going to have to lose 1,200 of their roles throughout the organisation. Mm. And that's not just gardening, throughout throughout all their um, their different activities. But um, I know that the gardens are being affected. I, I started my career with the National Trust uh, down in Cornwall, and uh, so I still have a lot of ties there and, and um, of course, a lot of sympathies for the, for the teams. Gar- gardening for the Trust has never been incredibly easy because we obviously they had to balance up the gardens needs with the whole organization's needs so they've always the gardens have had to metamorphosize into different roles all all the time just to um, get people through the door and obviously that hasn't happened in lockdown so like many of the organizations we did talk about uh, on that podcast a few few episodes ago they are having to make some savings in their operating budgets and sadly that means some redundancies um the full scale for the garden teams hasn't been revealed yet but um i know talking to a few of my fellow head gardeners in in my region devon and cornwall 
there are going to have to be a few roles shared and it is mightily you know it's mightily sad you know we mm. we as an industry um are a, a tight-knit group um you know whether you work for the trust private like us or one of the other organizations or you're self-employed we generally do know each other in some fashion we see each other at societies group meets professional um symposiums at uh, the shows so to learn that some friends may not be able to uh, keep their jobs is uh, it's it's been a, some sobering moments this week for me uh, chatting to friends but um all I can hope is that people will get out back into their gardens go and see the National Trust Gardens, go down to Eden, go and see other gardens to get inspiration for their spaces because all that entrance fee uh, and all that publicity that you're giving to the gardens, tell your friends, means that they can hopefully build up their garden teams again because there's nothing more important than having a skilled, well-financed and uh, well-supported gardens team to keep some of our most beautiful and historic gardens both relevant and up to a really good standard so that they can inspire future generations yeah yeah. i think we've had a few people on twitter this week pick up on what we've been talking on just now and um the Mm. the concern i mean like i say obviously our, our main thoughts are with the the poor souls who have lost their positions for the moment and we we very much hope that they find re-employment soon um and we hope that the economy picks up and, and people, as you say, do not just visit the gardens and, and, and pay the car parking fees, but then start going into the gardens and using the restaurants and the cafes, which is what then injects more cash into these these lovely um, these lovely historic sites. Um, but there's concern that if there aren't the garden staff there to look after these um, estates and uh, um, what, what will happen to the quality of, of those gardens. So... Uh, we we will keep an eye on that, and I'm sure that will be a topic of a future podcast when we have a more of an mm. understanding and, and and time has lapsed a little bit more, and we we can see some tangible um, results and experiences that people are finding. So so yeah, it's it's as I say, it's incredibly sad. Our hearts go out to everybody who's been affected, and we we very much hope that it's just a temporary thing, and and things do. Hopefully, you know, the balance is redressed and things move forward very, very soon. Um, yeah, moving on from the, as I say, that, that news there, we, we, we do want to talk today about the heat. Uh, I've been to the hall this morning and I've come back with a, 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 a glow on and uh, a, healthy, a little bit of, glow, a little bit of, Lucy, yeah, a bit of moisture sticking to me here and there <laughs> and, and um yeah no i just mean on my you know on my brow that's what i mean so thank you very much and um you've been you've been yeah. mopping, you've been mopping, mopping my brow, brow. I, I i must say if it was yesterday i had uh sweat almost uh in every area <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it was but it it was scorch it was scorching yeah. yesterday uh, i think um until yesterday, July was having one of its one of the cooler Julys. I think since something like the eighteen hundreds, they were saying was it one really? of the coldest yeah. July since the eighteen hundreds on average. Mm. And then yesterday was the third highest temperature recorded overall. So Gosh. that is that is that- crazy to think about just on a just on a, a sort of the environmental message, but also from the point of view of being a gardener, you generally build up a tolerance 
from early summer of the heat and when it comes to these later heat waves that we have in July and August you are able to cope with them a little bit better while you're working outside but yesterday I was just pulling onions and I, I was feeling like I was uh, I had gone about 10 rounds with a uh, with Mike Tyson or Evander Holyfield it was I was steaming. You're not a, I was you're not a fan of the heat, are you? I know that. You've mentioned I'm not before. A f- I'm a big chap. I'm a big chap. And uh, obviously the heat gets in you and it doesn't escape very easily. Yeah. So um, I wasn't, um, I was not enjoying the weather yesterday. Well, and also this is where you and I have a slightly different work pattern because for you, Stonelands is an hour's drive away. Yeah, and you need to go there. Um, you're, you're, as I say, full time there and you need to be there for the eight hour day. And so in the heat of the day, you need to carry on working and choosing your jobs, either working in the shade. And you've mentioned about working in the woodlands before. Um, mm. But yes, and I, whereas I, because Donaldland Hall is literally about two, two and a half miles from my house, I can, um, which is what I did yesterday because I knew it was going to be in the 30s. I went in early. I um, got all the irrigators set up. So I think I did seven till 11 in the morning before it got too hot, came home. And I went back from four o'clock onwards into the evening because, um, as you say, you know, working in that heat is just it's it's a very unpleasant thing to do. And um, our the wall kitchen garden that we've got at the hall is is it's probably one of the most labour intensive areas at this time of year. And I um, it's surrounded by walls. It's very sheltered and. It bakes. You could, you know, you, there's there's things that you're trying to do, like you know, tying in the tomatoes or harvesting crops, and you're in the full sun. And any time, you know, from from midday onwards, doing that into the into the afternoon before it cools down, is just it's very unpleasant. So 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 that's what I was doing yesterday. Uh, I've been into the hall this morning again to set the irrigators up. Um, we we have. Uh, and I think it's similar with Stonelands, isn't it? We have areas of formal lawns and then we have more rough grassland. Yep. So we have an, um, a sort of, uh, an understanding with the owner that we, in the heat of the summer, the formal lawns we will irrigate immensely to keep them green because they're right in the front of the house. We've got the uh, big circular lawn in front of the house, which the, the gravel driveway uh, is, is, is around the perimeter of that. And then the side lawn, which is then... Uh, goes on to the terrace and the family spent a lot of time on the terrace next to the house so those areas of lawn we have promised them that we will keep irrigated and uh, as, as green as we possibly can other areas such as the orchards the areas by the um the nuttery and the herbaceous borders they're just left to do what they can do and uh, if they if they go singed off and brown and die back then that's that that's just what it is because we can't irrigate the whole area that would just be so impractical and and wasteful of, of, of water which is a you know obviously very valuable resource so um yeah at the moment i have got irrigators on the lawns when it's this kind of high 20s early 30s temperature I, they're going pretty much all the time that's what i've done this morning i've put the the seep hose along the the philadelphus walk which is a long pathway about um 15 to 20 meters long and the seat post has gone up one side, down the other. So it's also watering the Philadelphus. And I will go back there later this afternoon and move it to another pathway. And then I'll put the irrigators back onto the lawn tomorrow. And that pretty much is what we have to do to keep the, the grass green. You know, if if I, I know a lot of people with small gardens, you know, private gardens, um, our, our neighbours, I can hear they've got their irrigator on their lawn all the time. So you've got two choices, haven't you, really? You can either irrigate and keep it green, or you can go, do you know what? I'm going to leave it. And most grass will just enter a dormant state. It, it looks 
like it's yeah. dead, but it's actually not dead at all. It's it's just completely gone into dormancy. And um, yeah, it's a lot easier, but it's obviously aesthetically not quite so attractive. Yeah, I think watering has become a really interesting topic in the last few years. Um, and not only just on the environmental message, but also the fact that our climate is is changing and it's especially noticeable in the West Country. We're known down here for having a mild but maritime and, and quite a wet climate, or at least mm. we did. I've got to say the last three years have been incredibly complicated in knowing what to do in terms of irrigation. Um, we've had incredibly dry summers for probably three years running now. This year may have seemed wet, but actually, uh, because of those previous two years of, of dry, the ground still is drying out incredibly quickly. Mm. Um, Nigel and I, my, my colleague at Stonelands, uh, were clearing the river path, uh, just giving it a tidy up. The Dawlish Water, the river that runs through the garden, has almost dried up at one point of the uh, uh, of its uh, course. And that's happened three years in a row. And I've got to say, I don't think that is usual. Anyway, this just leads on to really difficult decisions to make in our watering practice. Because like you, I've got 16 acres. There's no way I can water 16 acres. And I've got to be very mindful of making sure that our recent plantings are established properly. So especially mm -hmm. things like trees and shrubs. Um once they're established, they're fine and they can get away with periods of drought. Their roots are down quite low. But actually, for a good two to three years, and especially the plantings I've made over that time, I've had to regularly put like a lot of water on them just to keep them going through periods of, of drought like this. Um, also, um, vegetable gardens. Um, for the start of the season, I must say this year, I didn't have to water so much. I thought we might get away with it but actually in the last month uh we've had very little rain uh down here and i've had to start irrigating the vegetable garden again mm. it adds a lot of time to our job um and it one of the things is it's always worth trying to get ahead of when you know the drought's going to happen and not wait for the plant to show signs of of uh water stress uh, and drought and then start to water and that used to be a lot easier because you would know there would be specific dates and months where actually you knew you weren't going to have so much rain. But these days, April was an incredibly dry month. Yeah. This has been an incredibly dry month. We'll have to wait and see what later autumn's like. Mm. So trying to get ahead of the game is actually incredibly hard. And I know as professional gardeners, it's getting more and more difficult to judge exactly what the weather and the climate is going to bring. So... Watering's becoming a bit more of a, a mystery subject yeah. in some ways. I know. I mean, as you say, you've touched on there. It's, it's easier if you can with irrigation to 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 get in there before the drought happens and before the the soil's really gone to dust. Where we are at East Donnelland is is lit, is a sandy soil, and it can just go to powder uh, very very quickly. And I've noticed that over the years. And then when you try to irrigate. Um, with say say a very quick sort of splash with a hose pipe, so uh, it it just runs off the surface. It won't seep seep into the to the soil and do any good whatsoever. So I I have deliberately this year attempted to irrigate probably sooner than I would normally want to do so because I I don't want to get into that situation where the ground is baked 
so so dry and so hard that i i can't get the water down to where it needs to be yeah. so so um and you you have to take a as you say you mentioned the time it takes to irrigate and then so you've got this decision do i irrigate with seat poses and sprinklers uh and the sprinklers in particular we've touched on before they they are great for applying water i've left one on at the hall today they'll go back and turn off later over the brassica cage but it makes all the weeds grow because you're not just watering the, the the plant exactly where it needs it, right down by the roots, which is what a hose pipe watering would do. You're watering the whole bed. Um, so, and that in itself, as I say, that adds a lot of time. Or, or do you, um, as I say, go around with a hose pipe, water individually? Which, if I did that at the hall at the moment, I would be there for hours and hours and hours, and it's just not practical. So you're you're constantly having having to balance up the way to water we rely a lot on seep hoses at east donnellan and i don't know if you do at stonelands no we don't use it that much although it's something i'm thinking about yeah yeah do you know they are really useful and i left them I, I turned them on yesterday when i was at the hall and i've actually left them on overnight because the 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 rate of water that they apply we've got we've got two different types but generally the rate of water is very slow and a lovely slow steady trickle which actually if you leave that on for say a 12 or even 24 hour period delivers water so it doesn't run off the surface it's the seat poses can be buried into the soil sort of maybe the top two inches of soil and pegged down so that the water goes straight into the root the root system it's exactly where it needs to be rather than overhead which is which can be lost through evaporation so i i do think that seat poses are very very useful we've got two we've got one that's just the um sort of the fabric pipe which sort of oozes water from all the the pores within it and we've got another which is a perforated pipe and i do find that the perforated pipe delivers water more rapidly than the 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 sort of fibrous material so i i'm i've i have turned that one off that's along by the espalier pairs and they've they've now had a really good water against the wall so that one's been turned off but the the fabric seat poses on the herbaceous borders the rose border in the fruit cage I've left them on, um, mm. and I'm, 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 I will eventually turn them off. But at the moment, in this kind of temperature, I think, do you know what? I think the plants would appreciate cool, moist root system when they're they're struggling in this thirty degree heat. Um, we would, we would. I mean, we've talked a lot about water, but what other things are you are you doing in this in this hot spell, so to kind of to keep your time productive? So you're actually doing something useful in the, in that hot spell. Yeah. Um. You mentioned weeds, uh, and actually, this is great weather to hoe weeds. Because they're almost instantly baked once they're once they're detached from their root system. So, and I, I know you said this in a previous podcast many months ago that um, it's a really good practice that if any hot weather comes out, it's just to grab the hoe and just run over veg beds, flower beds, anywhere there's spare soil, and you can see the weeds come up. It, and it literally uh, it will cut your weeding like in half for very little time spent actually doing it and just hoe the beds as much as you can because the weeds will instantly uh, instantly die in this weather um so that's one thing i've been doing with the uh w- with the hoe but also your greenhouse management becomes even more important because although we like our greenhouses to be warm we don't like them to be mega hot because that can be as detrimental to the plants you're growing uh, mm as anything if i generally find if it gets over around 28 degrees c in your greenhouse then plants actually so show signs of heat stress uh, water loss is increased 
Um, so it's a really good idea if you can to try and screen your greenhouse off from the sun. We're very lucky at Stonelands in that I've got a pair of Orsing or Dancing automatic screens so they can just come down over the top of the greenhouse and they'll cut out something like 50 to 75% of the light. So that's another thing. The other way uh, to decrease the heat is just what we call damping down. Just um, Mm. grab a a watering can or a hose and just uh, water the floor of your greenhouse. You'll be amazed. The temperature can almost shoot oh, down about it. 10 degrees yeah it's, it's in tangible. a few seconds I, it's very tangible I, that's been my morning ritual i've been damping down my greenhouse uh my apprentice jade is off on holiday at the moment for the fortnight so i've been damping down her greenhouse and then i go to the hall and damp down the greenhouses there and oh it's delicious because by yeah. the time you do it first thing in the morning always, always damp down first thing in the morning so that then the as the greenhouse heats up then the moisture evaporates into the atmosphere as the day goes on and it creates this lovely humidity, which things like um, cucumbers and melons and tomatoes absolutely appreciate. And thankfully, pests like red spider mite hate humidity and yes, moisture on the leaves. So, so it's another good reason to damp down. And it's it's one of my favourite activities. I think because it's it's early in the morning, so you feel like you're being really productive before the day has begun. Uh, the plants thrive on it. As you say, the temperature kind of is much more um, pleasant to experience. And... Um, yeah, I I don't have we don't have shading at the whole greenhouses. I know, as I say, you have a, a the beautiful greenhouse at Stonelands, which which is is very modern and has those external blinds, doesn't it? So that really mm. does keep the temperatures down, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, so I rely much more on on damping down of the greenhouses, opening up all the vents, um, making sure there's a really good draft coming through in the, the the greenhouse at the hall that's got the grape lines in it. We have had to put the the mesh screens up, which keep the wasps out, and I've also put a couple of decoy wasp nests in amongst the grapes just to stop the the wasps coming in as the sugar levels in the, in the actual bunches of fruits ripe, uh, rise and ripen so so that's something i've been mindful of doing at the moment um i have been doing and i don't know about you but i i, I we, we in our gravel pathways we do get a flush of weeds coming up quite regularly and i do find that again in 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 dry weather not so much the hot weather but when it's dry and there's first thing in the morning when there's no breeze, I'm finding that's when I can go out and spray the the pathways for weeds. So I've, okay. that, that is something I've been doing. Um, I don't do it a lot, but I, I am mindful that, as I say, with the irrigators going here and there, sometimes they overlap the pathway and you do get a rash of weeds developing. So, mm. um, And I, I find later in the day with the heat... You tend to get mm. thermals developing and, and and strong breezes arising. So I'm always, if I need to do spraying, I will do it first thing in the morning. Yeah, and it's, it's a nice job to do in the morning because it's usually heavy back uh, backsack sprayers or something like that. I, mm. I find hoeing in the morning very um, gratifying as well, just like you, because you feel like you're getting a lot of work done in very yeah. little time. But mm. also by the end of the day most of the weeds have shriveled up or are looking really bad. And actually, you'd be surprised how instantly much better your your borders look uh, once, you've, once you've hoed through. Um, the other thing I was going to say is that um, if you think about how hard it is for us to work in that kind of weather, uh, uh, especially yesterday, just have a think about your, your local fauna, birds especially and small mammals. Um, mm. They find it incredibly difficult in this kind of weather, especially when there's a lack of water around. If you have a pond or, or a water feature in your garden, brilliant, they'll love that. But if you don't, just get a, a, a pot tray, a, a drip tray, and just fill it with water and stick it out on your patio because you'll be really surprised how grateful, especially 
the the birds are uh, the amazing amount of birds that come down and will drink from that and you know you never know it could actually be saving one or two of their lives because they you know they haven't had water for a long time so it's really worth in hot weather to do that as well so so in conclusion there are as i say we we know it is very warm at the moment and please take precautions if you can as i say avoid working in the heat of the day or choose jobs in the shade um and we're hoping that by uh, touching on some of the jobs that we actually find quite productive in this hot weather, we've we've mm. boosted your motivation. Uh, hope you're not flagging too much, and there there are things that can be done to to really you know get ahead in the garden and and, and take a bit of control. And and remember, in the evening, gin and tonic on the patio, <laughs> admiring all that work you've done. It, it makes it all worth it. Exactly. So that concludes today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening and would love any feedback or reviews you feel compelled to give us via your preferred podcast provider or social media platform. Life in the garden and out of it continually evolves for all of us. There is now reference to a new kind of normal and we are excited to hope that this will bring opportunities to visit gardens, friends and colleagues old and new so we can gradually adjust from virtual to actual worlds. Specialist nurseries, gardening charities, small businesses and self-employed individuals will still rely on us for financial support and encouragement over the coming weeks and months. We hope everyone in this profession is digging deep and finding ways to flourish. We are continually thinking of you all. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.